Radio Influence. The future is now. Well, hello, hello, hello. It's football season. Doesn't feel like it. It's uh, 100 degrees. <laughs> I know around the country it's been hot. It, this is the hottest for me. I mean, I, every year I say down here in Florida, it gets hotter. This to me, this year, it's the hottest. It's It's been unbelievable. But since football season has now started and we got the practices, I thought it would be time for a return trip for the one, the only, the Pro Football Hall of Fame presenter, over 45 years as a professional sports reporter, getting paid to cover sports for over 45 years. He's going to make it to 50. He's Ira Kaufman from JoeBucksFan.com. Longtime Tampa Tribune, UPI, United Press International, out of New York City, moved down here. Legend. Great stories. A character. Oh, he was the Tampa Bay Lightning beat writer. He's covered baseball. He's covered he's covered everything. But really, his main gist has been the NFL. And so we sat down. We chewed the fat. <laughs> he's got great stories. And it's time to make a return. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. For the character that he is. The Hall of Famer that he is. The one, the only. Ira Kaufman. All right, he is making his return. He is a Hall of Fame reporter, writer, pro football Hall of Fame. He is the great Ira Kaufman. Ira, how are you doing, my man? Rock, this is like my 35th Buck training camp. Uh, and I go back to the days at the University of Tampa. I go back to three days under Mr. Raymond Perkins, who drove those bucks into the ground for four years till they finally fired him. Uh, I was talking to Ricky Reynolds, Rock, uh, uh, last week. Uh, uh, wrote a column about uh, training camp under Perkins and how good the modern-day players have it. They better not bitch. They better not moan because they got no idea. And he, he told me what a typical day was. Like in 1987, Ricky Reynolds was a rookie, second-round pick out of Washington State. And before he ever uh, reported to Tampa, he talked to some guys that went to Washington State that had played in the NFL. Hey, what's training camp like? What's training camp like? Ah, don't worry about it. It's a piece of cake. You practice once a day. Good food, good lodging. He came to Tampa. It was Perkins' first season. Vinny Testaverde had just been the first-round pick. First pick in the draft. Reynolds was the second round pick. Reynolds shows up and he says, get you up about six in the morning, rattle a few cans, knock on the door. You go out, you throw a T-shirt on, you go get some food, you go tape up your practice from eight to ten. You go in, you cool off a little bit, you come back at 11. There's a one hour special teams practice. Then you go to the chow hall. Then you take a nap. And at four o'clock, you got to be back on the field for another 90 minute practice under coach Ray Perkins. So, Rock, I, I got a big kick out of it. Uh, but um, look, Rock, everything changed. You know that in, in 2020, number 12 came aboard. And uh, I've never seen any individual turn a franchise around like like Brady has. And Rock, as far as this season, as long as he's healthy, as long as he's upright, this is a damn good football team. The, you, 40, now covering the NFL and then overall in the business as, as a professional man, how many years, Sage? First NFL assignment, 1979, Giants. Rookie coach, Ray Perkins. I've been around twice with this guy, Ray Perkins. Now, bless him, he, he passed away a few years ago. Rick Odioso, who used to be the old PR uh, guy for the Bucks, and now he, he helps out at the Valspar golf tournament. Uh, he was the Bucks PR guy. He used to tell me, you know what? You're, you're one of the few guys Perkins could stomach on, on the media beat, which I liked. I was working for United Press, and Fred Goodall was my counterpart on AP. Fred's still going. Fred's in the 70s. He's still going, Rock. So my wife says, when are you going to retire, Ira? When are you going to retire? Rock, I, I can't play golf. I can't break 100. Well, what am I going to do? Sit in the corner? So I'm still going, Rock. I'm still going. And here comes Joe Buck's fan along in, in 2016. Hey, we want you. Come join us. So I did. 
and I haven't looked back since. That's awesome. And you still have the passion. You just love being around the players, the coaches, the other media. You love it. You like being in the field. At uh, don't you don't you say? I do. And you know, Rock, this Joe Bucks fan thing. I, I didn't even realize it, but I've had you know coaches and, and players over the last six years. Hey, we 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 read you every day. We read you every day. I remember the old John Gruden. I never read the papers. Coaches love to say that, Rock. And then I found out after Gruden had been fired, you know, a year or two went by, and uh, he goes, I read everything, Ira. I knew everything that was going on in the papers. And, Rock, the biggest change, I know you're interested in that, uh, and you know this, is uh, the proliferation uh, of online. We, we didn't have that. We just didn't have it. Uh, papers ruled. Papers were the king. Excuse me, Rock. And local TV w- w- was bigger uh, back then. Uh, now, Rock, some of our TV stations, they, they don't even have full-time sports reporters. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a brand new world out there. Now, are the, have the players changed that much? Has the NFL changed that much? Is it still come down to tackling and fundamentals? Or, how, or do you think the game really has changed that much, Ira? Well, film work, uh, you know, has grown exponentially. But you're right. The fundamentals, we could go back to somebody like Paul Brown, you know, like considered the father of modern-day coaching. Um, same fundamentals. Vince Lombardi. You, you got to knock the guy on his ass, you, you know, and, and you got to tackle. Uh, and speaking of tackling, uh, we had Todd Bowles on our podcast, as you know, uh, on the last day of, uh, you know, mandatory minicamp. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Steve Isbitz, he stretched it into three podcasts. He, he's great at that. But one of the questions that I put right to him, hey, how'd your team, ta- how'd your defense tackle last year? Not very well. No excuses. That was a big problem. I brought it up to Levante David uh, yesterday, Rock. And it's funny. When they talk about poor tackling technique, they're not talking about running plays. They're talking about the eight-yard hitch to the receiver, like Cooper Cup, and he spins away for another seven or eight yards. That is what drove Bowles crazy last year. The short passes that turned into 15-yard passes. He said, we didn't get beat deep very often. They didn't go over the top on us very often, which they didn't, although Cooper Cup set up the winning touchdown with that long one. That's what shocked everybody, Rock, that this Buck defense, which has been considered one of the better ones in the league, let them march down the field in that last minute when everybody thought it was going overtime. But the players, Rock, I've covered all the sports, all the sports. Hockey is number one, not even close in terms of players being available, candid, no prima donnas. But I got the NFL second. I think the NBA is third, and Rock, you may not agree. Baseball is difficult. Why? You, Rock, you go in there, everybody's on their cell phone. Everybody's on their cell phone. That doesn't happen in hockey. It doesn't happen. They all have cell phones. But they take it as an obligation. Maybe it was the way they were brought up in Canada. You know, meager, meager beginnings. That could be it. But I have no complaints about NFL players, and the Bucks in particular. Rock, I think I've had very few... Uh, problem childs in, in the locker room, a guy that you were scared to go up against, a pain in the ass. Uh, I think Brady sets a great tone right here. You know, if they see Brady doing it, they got to fall in line. Just a couple more. Who's been the most uh, to cover? Maybe somebody that just really uh, amazes you, blows you away. Of all the players, let's go players first, then we'll go coaches, that you have covered in over 40 years in sports. Anyone at the top, one or two, Sage? The one that jumps out at me is Derek Brooks. It's Derek Brooks. Now, I came to Tampa in 85. John McKay had just retired. Never, never got to be around him. Leroy Selman just retired. 84 was his last season. I didn't get to see Selman play very often. I covered a couple of Buck playoff games in 79. UPI sent me down from New York. It's my first time in Tampa. They beat the Eagles, and then they lost to the Rams. Nine, nine to nothing, I think it was. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, so those were my first two experiences in Tampa. But Derek Brooks, when he arrived, he set a tone. Now, he credits Hardy Nickerson, who came before him. Brooks learned a lot from Hardy Nickerson, how to be a leader. And Brooks did everything right, Rock. 
So I didn't see Selman. So in my opinion, Brooks has been the best buck in here I've seen. And, you know, you can't count Brady. He's only done it for two years. Uh, Brooks didn't miss a game in 14 seasons. You know, he set the tone. Uh, as far as uh, coaches or managers, Rock, and, and, and this is Rock, this is going to be somebody that's very close to you, Joe Madden. And I'll tell you why. I'm working for the Tribune. I'm covering the Bucks, me and Roy Cummings. And, you know, we're doing Buck road trips. But in the offseason, in the summer, you know, Joanne Court was the sports editor. And whoever was covering the Rays needed a break, maybe on a Sunday. Hey, the guy just got back from a road trip. Give him a break on Sunday. He's got to go out to Detroit on Monday. Ira, can you fill in? Can you go out to the Trump on Sunday? I told my wife, hey, I got to do a Rays game in a couple of days. Ah, do you mind? No, I get to see Madden. I get to see Matt. There's nobody like him, Rock. Uh, I get there, uh, you know, uh, 3 o'clock, 3.30 for a 7 o'clock game. And Madden shows up at 5, 5.30 with that bat in his hands. And he goes in the dugout and he stands out there. And he loved the NFL. You know, we, we would talk football, too. And, um, and then I remember, Rock, uh, the NFL meetings one year were in Phoenix because they love to go to Phoenix. They got this Arizona Biltmore. It's a fabulous complex. And you know NFL owners. They ain't going to stay in, in, in a Motel 6, Rock. Uh, so they're going back there in March. Every other year, they go to the Arizona Biltmore. So this year, and Madden was managing the Cubs. So they're in Mesa. They're in Mesa. I call the PR guy two weeks in advance. Hey, I'm going to be in Phoenix this day, and, and you guys got a home game. I want to come out and spend a little time with Madden. All right, I'll, call, I'll, I'll tell him, and I'll set you up with a, with a one-day pass. Well, I show up. I park the car. I go inside. I get my one-day pass. About an hour later, all the writers are in this room. They go, all right, it's time. We're, we, we go out now, and this is when we usually get Joe before a spring training game. I go out there with him. He spends about 20 minutes filling in all the beat guys from the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago Sun-Times, the Associated Press, uh, the Cub website. They had a woman named Carrie Muscat who covered them. He gave him 20 minutes. Injuries, what's going on, what's the batting order today, who looks good, what rookies are looking good. And then he turns to all of them. There was about 12 of them. And he goes, hey, guys, I'll see you after the game. Got to spend a little time with my buddy over here. Kidding. They all disperse. They're like, wait a minute. We got more questions. He goes, I'm done for today. I'll see you after the game. He gives me a half an hour. I take my tape recorder out, ask him questions about the Rays, ask him questions about the Cubs. I think he had just won the World Series, you know, and he treated me like a long lost friend. And, you know, it wasn't like I was seeing him every day during the baseball season. You know, I wasn't Mark Topkin, you know, uh, but that's Joe Matt. And what I loved about him, Rock, he could talk about anything. You want to talk about wine. You want to talk about music. You want to talk about politics. Very sharp, into uh, you know, intelligent man. And I always came away feeling a little bit smarter. One last story, Rock. One last please, story. Please, please. One last story. True story. The year was uh, 2013. 2013. And... You know, I'm a baseball historian, and I, and I noticed that in 1963, they call it the greatest pitching duel in, in, in baseball history. Warren Spahn for the Milwaukee Braves and Juan Marichal for the Giants. The game went 16 innings, no relief pitchers. One guy threw 220 pitches, the other guy threw 210. We will never see that again, Rock. You know that. We will never see it. Mays. In the bottom of the 16th at Candlestick Park, hit a home run for a one nothing Giants victory. It was the 50th anniversary. It was July 2nd. And I knew it was the 50th anniversary. I was going to do this story for the Tampa Tribune. You know, look, it's, it's worth the story. Because today, guys go eight innings. Oh, let's give them the Cy Young Award. Yeah, you know. So it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. And you know this. Madden, when he managed the Rays, didn't talk before the game on Sunday. They Rick Vaughn, who, who watched over him like a mother hen, would give him Sunday pregame off. Hey, Joe needs a break. He's good to you. Yes. Good to you guys six days a week. He'll talk after the game on Sunday. But you're not getting him at eleven o'clock in the morning for the one o'clock game. All right. But the locker room was open. 
It was a Sunday. Locker room was open. And I'm milling around, and Madden's door is open. Here's my chance. <laughs> Who's more of a historian than Joe Madden? I got to get a quote from Madden. You know, I had quotes from some other people. But I got I to gotta let Madden weigh in on this. I'm crouching towards the door. Rick Vaughn's over in the corner. He's doing something else. I, I walk by Madden's door. You know, he might be having a glass of vino or whatever. <laughs> he goes, what's up? What's up, Ira? I go, can I get a quick question? He goes, of course. Now I walk right into his office. Vaughn sees me. He spots me, Rock. He makes a beeline. He did a 4 4 40. Rick Vaughn, he's in his mind. I got to protect my manager. And of course, it doesn't look good in front of Tompkin and those guys. Like, hey, well, what's he doing in there? And Madden waves away Vaughn. Hey, he only needs two minutes. And so I told Joe, I said, today's a very special day in baseball history. July 2nd, 1963. One nothing, 16 innings. Both pitchers go to distance. He goes, Ira, you'll never see that again. He gave me a couple other things about Spawn. Gave me a great, gave me the lead quote of my story. I walked out of there. Vaughn goes, you're killing me, Ira. You're killing me. I go, take it up with the boss, Rick. Take it up with the boss. But, man, to me, he's never had a bad day in his life. He's never had a bad day in his life. He gets mad at umpires or whatever. But he's got a great perspective. He's the best I've ever dealt with. That's awesome. Well, listen, Ira, I know you're busy here. Thank you again. Again, Joe Bucks fan. JoeBucksFan.com. And and never, (laughs) never, never. Thank you, Sage. You got it, baby. You know, I thought I liked the behind the scenes, more of a people person. I like behind the scenes stories. I'm not so much X's and O's. That kind of bores me. So many guys do that. But Ira's got me beat when it comes to schmoozing. Oh, my God. I've never met anybody like him. And what his co- uh, cohort, uh, Lee, put it best. Ira comes to training camp to be seen, <laughs> not to cover, which he, he's busting his chops. No, he covers it. He studies. But he's more of like that getting that old school inside information type. You know what I mean? And uh, there's nobody that I haven't found anybody that really doesn't like Ira. You know, if you, if you don't, what's there's something wrong with you, man. I mean, come on now. Come on now. There's a, no, everybody likes Iris. Ira, thank you very much, buddy. And great to see you again and just keep on going. You know, it was a couple of years ago. He's like, you know what? My wife says, you're so busy. When are you going to retire? You know, you're, you're, you're here, you're there, you're everywhere. When are you going to slow down? And he thought, you know what? When the Bucks, when they have the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, he goes, after that Super Bowl, then I'll re- then I'm going to announce my retirement. Well, the Super Bowl was played at Raymond James Stadium. The Buccaneers, during that COVID uh, deal, the Buccaneers won. We've had another Super Bowl. Now we're at the following year in training camp, NFL training camp, and Ira's still going strong. He's not going to retire. What's he going to do? I said, what are you going to do, Sage? What are you going to do? It's like last week's guest. By the way, I got a lot of compliments um, from my diehards on liking the Joe Madden podcast. And it's kind of like, you know, what's Joe going to do now? And he's not going to just sit at home, you know, and that's why he's playing so much golf. He doesn't want to sit at home. Ira, what are you going to do? Sit at home? You can only play so much tennis. Uh, what, what are you going to bean salad? What are you going to do? So, of course, you're going to keep on going, and I don't see him stopping anytime soon, and I definitely could see him 50 years. There's a reporter for the Associated Press. They call it AP, Fred Goodall. Since I came down here January 1st, 1994, full-time to, re, to re, you know do sports, uh, Fred has been here. He's been here way before me. He walked into training camp the other day, and I was like, Fred, Fred, what are you, 50? You got to be 50 years now, 50. And he's like, no, not 50 yet, Ira. And, you know, because they've both been in that 45 range, 46 range, 44 range, something like that, which is really amazing. It's amazing to be a survivor in this business because there's budget cuts. Is anybody going to pick you up? 
if it's a non-traditional place to where you're kind of doing your thing, are there going to be advertisers that are going to still believe in you, a young man's game, all that stuff, and it's just really, really cool to be around. But I digress. So the Joe Madden thing, you know, he's playing so much golf every day because he's competitive. It fuels him. You don't go from being a major league baseball manager to just being around the house all day. The honeydew list, you know, how much fun is that? You know, uh, right, 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 right. And I'll tell you this, I was at the Trop. So it's, it's really a busy time for me now. I'm still covering the Rays and being at Tropicana Field. And I'll tell you what, everybody that says, you know, they got to have an open air stadium. Oh, I have a breeze or you can have fans and stuff. Hell no. It is so hot and humid. We were talking about it the other day during batting practice. Can you imagine if it was an open air stadium or you just put like one of those sails that covers it and there's a little bit of a breeze? Hell, are you kidding me? We'd be soaked. It's just such a welcome relief to walk in there in the 72 degrees. But anyway, the stadium issue, that's that's for another time, another place. We're not going anywhere. But I was uh, just yesterday, and I was there for batting practice. And I get down by the first base dugout, and I look over, and I'm like, boy, that's a familiar face. Yeah. He used to be a major league umpire. His name is Richie Garcia. He's from the Tampa Bay area. Long time Major League Baseball umpire. When the Devil Rays had their first ever game against Detroit, and he was the umpire behind the plate. And then it was a ball. Wilson, uh, what's his name? Alvarez. And then he gave the ball to uh, a staff member, and that ball was going to Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame. And so Richie Garcia, I don't know how many more years after that, that he ended up uh, umpiring, but he was towards the end. And then he was umpiring like an umpire supervisor. He would still go to some games at Tropicana Field because that's where he lives in the Tampa Bay area. And then he would be up there and he'd sit near me and Whitney and this other former uh, umpire, Jim McKean, who has since passed away. And they're just, there's another guy, Charlie Relaford, former umpire, and they don't totally want to give, you know, get out of the game. It's hard. It's in your blood when you've done something, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's being, I don't know, a, a financial planner, a real estate guy. You know, you retire, but or 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 you're forced out, but it's still in your blood. You know what? Can you identify with me? So same thing for that. So certainly for players and managers, coaches, but definitely like umpires, referees. You know, they loved what they did. So I haven't seen Richie Garcia in a long time. And I looked over and he had a couple of guys with him. He was down on the field and his son-in-law, his name Vic Carapazzi, and his son-in-law is umpiring today. I'll bet you, I'll bet you it's at least a decade that his son-in-law is umpiring in Major League Baseball. How about that? That's how time flies. But anyway, I'm looking over and, and Charlie sees me, or not Charlie, uh, Richie Garcia. And he looked and I smiled and he came walking over to me. And I haven't seen him in a long time. I said, man, you're looking great. You're looking great. How you doing? Yeah, Richie? Great, great. I said, well, dang, you, you, you. He goes, I'm 80. He's turning 80 or he's 80. I'm not kidding you. I Now he's tan, but it's not that leathery tan. He does not have a wrinkle. And I said, what's your secret? 80 years old? He looks fantastic. Down on the field, busting balls with his buddies that were there, right around the first base dugout. And he he looked at me. He's like, he started grinning. I said, what's your secret? What's your secret, Richie? And he's like, stay active. Stay active. I do not sit around at home. He said, my wife and I, we are active. Now, if you have any kind of medical condition, I feel for you because that's hard. I I cannot imagine just being around and not able to go places or be around or just be active. Like, that's the number one thing. That's the number one key, you know? I read this. I read a story, I forget my source, but I, I, where, where I found it, but I read a story the other day and it was retirees, people that had been retired a long time. What was the number one thing that concerned them 
that bothered them, that upset them. It wasn't money. It wasn't the financial thing. It was not doing what they used to love to do. Now, listen, if you've hated your job, okay, so many Americans do, I, that's, that's not you. Or maybe you, if you didn't like your job, maybe you had a hobby. Maybe it was golf. Maybe it was going to the bar. Maybe it's going to hang with your buddies. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it's cards. Maybe it's throwing that. Maybe it's running the football at the house. And if you're not able to do that anymore, that was the number one thing. The majority of those that have been retired and we're looking upon, uh, you know, here we go, man, you know, <laughs> on that other side coming up here. That's That was like the number one thing by far. It wasn't so much the financial worrying about like the money aspect. It was that missing, just missing the camaraderie, being around others, man, and just doing what they used to do. And, you know, that. That and I can see it, and I'm seeing it now. And as I re, I interview retirees, and and people that are no longer like in the game, you can just see it. But it was so nice, and he's such a good guy. And he's like, "No, keep active." And I said, "Dang, you look good." Doesn't have a wrinkle on him, and he plays a lot of golf. That's his thing. See, golf isn't my thing, but whatever, 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 whatever. All right, let me give you. How about a, I'll give you a little bit of insight again? I don't like to do the behind this. I mean the uh, X's and O's, but since there's so much interest, and this is a national, international podcast, it's not trying to be just Tampa Bay, but because the Bucks are here, because there's so much interest with the Buccaneers, it's just, it's unbelievable to see. You know, I speaking of years, oh my God, my first, uh, my first camp was Giants and then Jets, because I grew up in the New Jersey area. And I first got in the business covering the pro side with the Lawrence Taylor and the Phil Sims, Bill Parcells, the big tuna as the head coach. Damn, he intimidated the hell out of me. He loved his beat writers, but boy, he intimidated. Uh, not on the beat, but I was just getting into it, just getting into a TV, New Jersey network. Uh, had been a little radio station, WSUS in Sussex County. I came down a little bit to do pro stuff. Not much. It wasn't until I really got to NJN. Um, with the Jets, it was uh, Mark Gastineau. I don't know if you remember him. Joe Klecko, you know, that era. Uh, so I've been around a long time. But I've got to say that the interest, the fan support, Oh my God, it's just amazing when you win and you have Tom Brady and you think that you've got the chance. So the, what the Buccaneers do, they do it a little bit different. They only are allowing season ticket holders, season pass members, suite holders, sponsors, advertisers to attend Buccaneer training camp. And I know there was a big outrage about that. And, you know, the what about the diehard fan? That, I get it. They can't afford, like, season tickets or can't afford club seats or suites or things like that or don't have the hookup. They should be allowed to go to training camp. Yes, that would be nice. But after what I saw last Saturday, I had been there every day during the week, a couple of days during the week when it started. And good, good crowd. I mean, the bleachers were filled and, you know, you had the family and friends section that was not quite filled. And the advertisers and sponsors must be there because every day that I go by that tent, it's crowded, it's packed, and those are only sponsors and advertisers. But Saturday, it was like the third, fourth day of camp, I guess, fourth or fifth day of camp. I was like, whoa, when I pulled in and saw the amount of cars. Whoa, when I got there. I hadn't seen this. I had not seen this. And again, it isn't, it isn't any fan that can go. The bleachers, totally packed. The advertiser sponsors uh, tent, totally packed. Family and friends even section, jacked because it's a Saturday. But then back where the indoor facility is, and it's off that white building coming off the concrete right there, so hot. It was about 
five, six, seven deep, standing room only, all the way, all the way from the bleachers, all the way against that wall, all the way down to the tents where they have the media tent and uh, the 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 big tennis stage where Buccaneers.com, NFL Network will use, you know, four, five, six, seven deep, packed, babies, strollers, pregnant mothers, 100 degree heat, 98 degree heat and high humidity, hours fanning themselves, sweating like you wouldn't believe, standing, standing, not sitting, standing, just incredible to me, incredible to me. The public relations director for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Nelson, told me that on day number one, the Buccaneers credentialed 80, 80 credentials, media, to cover shorts, shirts, helmets, underwear, football, practice. You talking about practice? He just said the interest level is through the roof through the roof. So if you're a Buccaneer fan, enjoy it. And I know a lot of you that are listening might not be. It, don't worry. Like I say, your time will come. This wave, this Champa Bay wave is not going to be here for long. I know how it goes, but I'm just trying to soak it in. Uh, just cu- a couple of like the takeaways. And again, it's, it's early to see. There was on the day on Saturday, because you're in day number four now, And I know, like Ira mentioned, oh, back in the day, they used to have the three-a-days. Now these players only have one practice. You know, they're able to have all these breaks and the water breaks and the, you know, the, yeah, I know. But, you know, life has changed. As, As a whole, we're much softer than we used to be. Let's face it. I think Ian Beckles, my friend, once said, each generation gets softer. We're not hard work. You know, I mean, come on. Physically, we're weak (laughs) compared to back in the day. Come on now. Uh, So everything has changed. But just what uh, on day on the fourth day, there was a lot of like drop passes. Leonard Fournette, Brady even looked out at like a couple of the running backs. Like, why are you guys just dropping these passes? Even though they're all in great shape, it's a human body. Your day four of brutal heat in training camp, you cannot simulate that. You can work out with trainers back in your home gyms. You, you know what Todd Bowles, the head coach, said? He goes, most of these guys, when and they're back home, a lot of these guys have been doing these workouts indoors. And you can't simulate practicing with teammates, being filmed, having coaches over your ass, fans in the stands, 98 degrees, 90% humidity, the sun beating down. You can't simulate, you just can't simulate that. Going out to your local, uh, your local trainer that's going to train you on your field that might be AstroTurf or nice and it's like, you know, 80, 80, 85 or something, a nice, no humidity. You know what I mean? You just can't simulate that. So I think they just got tired. Like, you know, you can't go by each day when you're covering these things. I've gotten fooled over the years. Oh, this guy's looking so good. This guy's looking so good. Well, it's not against anybody. But you just go by what you see. What you hear, what you when you listen, you know, uh, you know, one of the players, Mike Evans, the star of the Buccaneers, the star wide receiver, was just the other day was telling us he's like, listen, man, I'm from Galveston, Texas. I'm used to heat, okay, Texas and playing in Texas. It ain't like this. It ain't like this. I don't know what it is with the humidity here, the soup. The sun is stronger. We're south here in Tampa Bay, Florida. He goes, I, 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 it's hard. It's hard. And for some of these new guys that are just coming in, I don't know how they do it every day. Matter of fact, just yesterday at training camp, there was a woman. She looked to be in good shape. It wasn't like she was overweight or anything. Probably 40 years old, maybe. Boom, went down, passed. They brought over paramedics. They had the paramedics. They put her in the shade. They sat her there. They got her fluids. They made sure she was okay. She had a visor on. And then she was like, "Eh, I'm okay now. I think I'm okay. I'm okay. That's as a fan. I don't know how with like Miami, Tampa Bay, uh, 
uh, some of these teams that practice in the South, Charlotte, like how are there? I, I don't know how more players don't just go down. It's amazing to me. And I know they're in great shape and they hydrate them and all that. It's unbelievable. One of the things that I picked up, I picked this up from Kyle Rudolph, who is in, who is in, I'm sorry. I have this, uh, I have my zoom recorder on a thing here and it's been falling down. Sorry about that. Um, so Kyle Rudolph, he's the new tight end of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was saying in all the locker rooms that he's been in, he's never, and he was only here a couple of days. He was only here like three days, four days when he talked to us. He's like, I've never experienced a locker room that's this tight. Rob Gronkowski, he did an interview with Jenna Lane. He's also mentioned it a couple of times. And... He was saying the same thing. All, I mean, he's not like, and don't, if you're a Patriot fan, he's like not dissing the Patriots or anything like that. But he was saying that he, this, this locker room, there's so many stars on the team. The Evans, Godwin, the GOAT, uh, Devin White. You know, uh, there was Jensen who went down, uh, all, all these pro bowlers. And yet it's about the team concept. Now, I know this sounds cliche. Oh, that's just talk. You know, we're, we're all about team. No, mo I've covered sports, pro sports a long time. Most of these guys are where their contract, their money. They have a couple of agents that are in their ear. They're, they got family members that they're supporting. It's usually about... It's always about the money. They say it's not about the money. It's about the money. But there is something. That's why the Bucks have been uh, successful these last couple of years is because they uh, they really are, they're a pretty tight bunch and they don't care about the individual stats that much. Like Gronk said it. You know, that was one of the things that he said. And he's out. He's done, by the way. He's, uh, so many people are still thinking he's going to get the call. I don't see it. I'm telling you, I don't see it, uh, but we'll wait and see. But it, it's that. And um, so the, here's a new player coming in, Kyle Rudolph. He's the best locker room he's ever been in. Really amazed. He can see it's all about the dub. It's about the dub. It's about the wins. So, and then a couple of other players were just talking about it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, when you win a championship, are you going to try to win a championship? It's not necessarily the most talented team. It's the team that is playing the hottest at the right time, continuing to win, you know, build, do the right things. But it's also the team that's unselfish. That's why that Antonio Brown thing, oh, my God, he he's just, he is out there. I'll just leave it at that. He's out there. Uh, he's out there. And it's too early for me to gauge on this uh, Julio Jones. He certainly, because I am concerned, you know, he's had this chronic ankle injury for a long time. And you're not going to get better as you get older. But he looks pretty good to me the way he's cutting and running. And he's taller and he's stronger. So I think it's a good addition. Kyle Rudolph, tight end, wants the ring. Same thing with Julio. I want the ring. When you get older in your career and you got so much money, so much money, your 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 grandkids are taken care of, your future, your your nephews, everybody's taken care of. You got so much money. You want really want to go out on top. You're chasing that ring. And they, that's why they're, that's why they're here. And I think that it's, it can only be good, man. I really do. Watching Brady, father time. I'm there every day. Now they gave him an early veterans day off. I'm there every day. Father time hasn't caught up yet. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let me give you a little insight. Um, speaking with someone and a couple of people like inside the organization, the, the takeaway that I get about Brady being in the building is he doesn't waste a second of his day. In other words, you know, when you're at your job and you know, there's no way, whatever job you're doing, there's no way you are working 
eight hours every single second, except for your break at lunch or except for your break, maybe at 10 a.m. or 2 p.m. And every single second you're, you're working, you're not on the Internet, you're not BSing, you're not hanging. I was told that how Brady is, his day is so structured and busy. He does not waste a second of his day. He's never bullshitting in the hallway. He's never hanging with a teammate. He's either watching a lot of film. He's working on something else. He's got something else going on. He's working with his trainer, Alex Guerrero. He does extra work on his body, on his mind, on his hydration, what he puts into his body and what he does and his stretching and his core. Like he does not waste a second of the day. One of the players yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before? I think it, I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe it was one of the younger players, the new, uh, one of the younger offensive linemen. But whoever it was, was saying, it told us that Brady is the first one in the building. I was surprised. I was, I was, I was surprised by that because when they start their practices, once we get into the regular season, it, it, everything becomes, it's normalized. Like the certain amount at this time of day, this happens at this time of day, this, this group does this. They watch film at this time. Like they get into these routines and patterns. That's why when they go across the pond and play in England or play, now they're going to play in Germany this year, the first ever NFL regular season game with the bucks. It, it throws out, it throws out the, it throws out their whole schedule is thrown off. Because they're creatures of habit and they do everything at the same time. So when we during a regular season, when we're there to watch practice, the Kyle Trask the last two years he's always been the first one out, and then it's either this Ryan Griffin and Blaine Gabbert. Those three quarterbacks are warming up. They even start almost start to throw to quarter uh, receivers or maybe like a tight end, and then you see Brady come out from the building. He runs out. He doesn't have his helmet. He's never carrying his helmet. I'm just thinking about this now. Because remember that, uh, did you see that video of Aaron Rodgers, the way he walked into camp uh, with the tank top on and just like the movie character with the long hair and the walking in, the jeans, then dropping the thing. Well, I'm just laughing. Brady's Brady's not like that. Brady drives a freaking truck. He was actually behind me coming out of uh, June minicamp. He was behind me. He turned right. And I turned left because I'm heading to Pinellas County and Brady is where he lives uh, to the right. But anyway, he drives a big truck, but he doesn't carry his helmet out. His trainer or one of the trainers has the helmet near the water station where they and they have these towels. Brady needs his towels. He wants his hand. He knows what he wants, man. He is down to the smallest detail. And then he runs out. And it looks like, if you don't know, it's like, oh, Brady's late. Brady ain't late. Brady's got other responsibilities or other things that he's doing inside the building. It, I'm telling you, man, it's phenomenal to be able to experience. And I love that I can tell you a little bit of this behind the scenes. That's what makes him great. That's why Michael Jordan was on another level. They're beyond just doing what everybody else does. Like just for example, if you're on a team, okay, what time, what time are we supposed to be there? You know, uh, 7.30, okay? You gotta be on the field at eight o'clock and that's when we're gonna start. Make sure you do your stretching. Again, the Buccaneers don't stretch as a team. Other teams stretch as a team. Although, you know what? This year it might have changed a little bit, I think. I have seen them come out and stretch a little bit because Arians different with the Todd Bowles. But anyway, um, if you're on a team, it's like, okay, what time is practice? What time do we hit the field? What time we got to be here? What time we start drills? Okay. No. Brady does way more than that. He goes above and beyond personally working out with his trainer, Alex Guerrero. Other film work. Quarterback room, they're watching film. No, Brady goes the extra mile. So, I mean, isn't that something? I, I, I find that very, very interesting, man, on just how it goes and how, how, how different everything is. 
All right. Uh, what else we got cooking? You know, we'll see. I'm enjoying still. I, I enjoy the change going from NFL training camp and then to the trop. Uh, but I change my clothes. I try to wash up, clean up a little bit, and then go in there. And like I say, going to cover baseball. I like the variety. There was there was a saying. Wasn't there a saying, variety is the spice of life? I think it is. Try to mix it up. Try to do something different. If you're, if you're kind of like in your routine and you're kind of blah, and even if there's not many more things that you can do, just do something different. Break it up today. If you got coffee today, try try something else that day. If you got your certain pattern at this time, you know, I was told uh, by somebody one time, like if you if you're heading to your job and you take the same route every day, this day change it up a little bit. Change it up when you're coming home. Do something a little different. Go out for ice cream here today, and you haven't done that in a while. Just do like varieties. It's it's, it's a spice of life, man. It really is too much of just the same thing every day that will get you down. So all the best to all of you guys. Uh, We're heading up by the time you hear this this week, hopefully we'll already be back. Emily and I are going up to North Georgia to pick up our daughter who's been at sleepaway camp and she's been there. It'll be three and a half weeks. Personally, I think it's too long. I think it's too long. But who am I, the dad? Why, who, what say do I have? (laughs) We're the mother and the daughter. Uh, I go with the flow. You go with the flow, you support, you do what you can as a dad. And we are going to fly up. We're going to get a rental car. I don't like putting so many miles on my my main car. That's just me. That's just me. So we're going to fly to Atlanta Hartsfield. Oh, boy. Wait in line, even though we paid two separate uh, rental car agencies. Wait in line for your car. Oh, boy. Get out of Atlanta. Oh, boy. On a weekday at around the uh, rush hour. Oh, boy. And uh, and then head up to North Georgia. And we'll stay one night in a little, little like a little Hampton Inn type deal, comfort in, And then pick her up in the morning. And there's been so much drama. It's been really hard on my wife. My wife is so, she's such a mother. into Addie. I am too, but I just, we just see things that are not the same. She's a mother and Addie's been writing her. And I guess there's like BFFs and now her friends have turned on her or something. And then, and it's been rough. And my wife, oh my God, she's wanted to pick her up early and bring her back. I'm trying to say like, you know, look, life is not fair life is not 100% not and life doesn't go great all the time this is a good teaching tool this is a good tool if she makes it through finish at the end make it the full month okay it'll make her stronger because in life you know how it goes you're going to get fired from jobs you're going to have health problems you're going to have financial problems you're going to have marital problems not everybody if you're not Best of luck to you. I've been divorced. It ain't pretty, especially when you got a, a, a child. Oh, my God. That's for not even a podcast. Uh, but you make it through. You got to make it through life, man. Who, who's going to do it for you? So, you know, she's made it through. You know, girls are so much different. I am now in a female-oriented house. I grew up with three brothers. I've been at stadiums and fields and played on teams and bars with guys. And I'm not used to this female. Uh, the, the mindset is just totally different, totally different, totally different. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm learning as you go and I don't know if I'll ever get it, but I'm trying. So guys hang in there. Mothers, you are special, special, special people. You're incredible women, uh, my wife's like, oh, oh, you know, it's so funny. Two last stories. We were walking the other day. We actually, we took a walk and uh, we looked at a house or something. Somehow, I don't know how the conversation was steered into being a bachelor. 
And I said, oh, yeah, that's like this my Henry or, you know, this other guy that I knew, Tim. You know, yeah, no, he's fine. He's just he's just living a life in his house and just living a peaceful life. And we kept walking. I didn't even realize it. And we were walking and Emily Stassi, she's like, he's just living his peaceful life. You know, I have a feeling that that's what you really want. You, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it. Like, no, no, no. No, you just said that. You know, Henry's just living his peaceful life. You know, Tim is in his house living his peaceful life. I have a feeling you'd be happier like that. No responsibility, just doing what you want, being a bachelor. No, 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 I didn't mean that. No, I didn't mean that. No, no, you guys are it. <laughs> it was just, it's just so funny. So funny. No, I'm blessed, 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 you know, a blessed. Anyway, you know what, on that note, all right, listen, I'll talk to you next week. Um, I'll see. I did sit down with Brian Anderson. He does color. Uh, he's a color analyst on Bally's Sun Sports, Florida for Rays games. He was a major league baseball pitcher. He was third overall in the draft. Third overall of all the players in the world. Dominican, Puerto Rico, uh, America, you know, all these start third overall. Holy crap. But he had his career. He's been in broadcasting a long time, a lot on broadcasting. He used to do national games. What's the difference? What about play? So we'll see. It's really good. Um, a little lengthy, but good. But we'll see. I'll see. So maybe I'll have that next week. I'm working on a few things. Isn't everybody? But nobody cares until you complete the task. So on that note, enjoy the summer. Have fun. Try to have fun. And I'll talk to you next week, guys. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>